Hello listeners and welcome to Talk to Touch, the weekly podcast where I discuss living an LGBTQ plus life to build a strong and united community because connection starts with open conversation. I am your host, Denver Shy. Welcome to Talk to Touch. <laughs> we, we have just got to get our giggles out the way. Yes. We have had such an it episode. It has been quite a morning. <laughs> been oh my god i need my tissue it has been madness and mayhem (laughs) i'm not even joking oh my goodness avalon was actually you were at the university weren't you yes i was in my studio in her studio ready yeah (laughs) ready i know the romantic lifestyle right the artist (laughs) waiting to do this recording to do this podcast Technology. God love technology. Hence, Avalon is now here in my studio. I got in my car and I went to fetch you, didn't I? (laughs) I thought, there's always a solution. I will come and get you. We will do it. We will do this. So here we are. Here we are. And we tried all sorts of things because it was just, technology was just letting us down big time. And behind me is everything we tried. Headphones, microphones, everything. Oh my God. I think we just have to laugh, don't we? This is just absolutely Absolutely. hilarious. So here we are, no matter what, we were going to do this. So (laughs) Avalon, thank you so much for joining me. I just just have to laugh because this has just been flipping crazy. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We're getting there. (sighs) We're getting there. We're getting there. So Avalon, tell... Tell the listeners and the viewers on YouTube, because mm-hmm. uh, this is uh, recorded for YouTube and um, Spotify, etc. Tell my listeners and viewers a bit about you. What are you doing at the moment? Oh, okay. Um, so, as you know, uh, I work at Waterstones. So I'm a bookseller at Waterstones. And I'm also doing a Master's in Fine Art part-time. So I'm a painter. Um, Lovely. And a bookseller, which bookseller. is a really nice oh little combination. Because that's how we met. Yes, it is. It that's is. Actually, this is a customer turned friend oh, relationship. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, God. Brilliant. My catnip books. I think <laughs> I do try not to talk about t- books too often because I, I'll just drive people nuts. Yeah, I have got I so many. We just love books. They are a bit. Gotta have a book. I'm not a Kindle person. Are you a Kindle person? No. Mm. There's something about the physical book. And Thank you. All that. Thank you. I knew this lady. We used to have a coffee shop years ago, and I remember this lady saying, Oh yeah, I I loved books too, but then I bought a Kindle and I just play games. What? She stopped reading. She ended up playing games oh, on the Kindle. That's a shame, really. It is, isn't it? Yeah. That's like tragic. And I actually said, you need to get back to those physical books. <laughs> get rid of that Kindle. It's bad for your health. I completely agree. There's nothing better than an actual physical book. Nothing it's better. Just, it's just the best. Yeah, I so that's how, that is how we met. It was mm-hmm. uh, coming into Waterstones and we got chatting and we both discovered that we were both queer, which was lovely. We got Woo! very excited about that. <laughs> and we were like, yeah. It was brilliant. Oh my God. We had such a nice chat. We did. We had a really good chat. Mm. And um, that's how we we then got chatting. I don't know even how we got into the subject of sex. Um, I don't even know how we got there. (laughs) Probably my fault. (laughs) I probably did it. Sorry. 
<laughs> tend to do, you know do that. What? It probably was you. Oh my it's a bad goodness. Oh, honestly, do you know what? I have just laughed so much this morning. So I'm just going to, do you know what? I'm sorry, listeners and viewers. You're just going to have to go with it because <laughs> this is the this is the vibe that we're working with. <laughs> this is definitely the vibe we're working with. It's oh, great. my it's fun. God. It's, fun. it's just been flipping crazy. What a morning. So tell me, you know, explain to us how you become how you became so sexually liberated because you really are. I mean, I did an interview with Tom Keller a few weeks ago, Leatherman, Tom Keller. I love Tom. He is just so, oh, he's so delightful. But you are on another level. (laughs) Honestly, I have, seriously, I have never met anybody (laughs) who is so sexual. Okay, there's Tom, but this individual, I mean, Wait till you hear some of this story. So tell us, <laughs> how did you become so? Because you're very, you're very open. You're very expressive. Yeah. You are not shy. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. Not <laughs> it's at interesting. All. Yeah, I was actually a very shy kid. So it's interesting that now I'm just. You're like, yeah, whatever. It's, it's sex specifically. I'm just so open to talk about bodies. Um, yeah. So I, I've obviously told you this about about this before, but my mum was really, really sexually liberated. She's always. Uh, talked about sex and periods and yeah. everything, basically. Um, what did she tell you about periods? Oh, yeah. So really, really early on, I must have been maybe four or five is when she taught me about periods, Yeah, which I think is quite an unusual experience because I know a lot of people who only found out when they had their period what yes. a period was, or mm. maybe they had some vague idea that something would happen. And there's this whole law about it being like now you're a woman and this big dramatic thing whereas my mum I just saw some blood and I said are you okay I was a bit worried and she was like yeah it's fine so this happens like this will happen to you probably around this age and you know this is why it happens she explained it she really logically and calmly and she wasn't using any kind of euphemisms or anything she was just saying it how it is this is what happens you know and it, it, that's it and it it helped me so much because it just meant that I had the information yes. I probably didn't fully kind of take it in at that time but as you know as I got older I sort of understood um you know and it, it was great I mean when we had the talk at school I was like I already know this you I already know this knew. I know more than you <laughs> <It was great. laughs> you could have taken the class <laughs> so it's really it really helps me I think um in just growing up without shame around things like that mm. um and talking about periods and sex and mm. yeah I think she just really kind of opened the door for me to then do my own exploration my own learning yeah um but yes I think Which that's is, a huge factor <laughs> when she spoke to you about it when you're because in fact the funny thing is I feel like I should be interviewing Avalon's mother first <laughs> and then come to Avalon I yeah. think so so when she explained um about your body mm. Did she, what kind of language did she use? How did she explain it to you? Mm. You know, did she say, oh, you're for JJ mm. and your boobies? You know, when she explained, what did she say? How did she put it across? Just just the actual names, which actual is great. There were no kind of cutesy, yeah, for JJ or Nuni or whatever yeah, people yeah. say. Nunu. Weird stuff like that. Yeah. There was none of that. It was just like vagina, breast, this is happening. This your uterus. She just, you know, with the period specifically, she did kind of just explain, oh, it's a lining of this. If you have a 
it happens every month so yes. if you have a baby it holds the baby and if you don't have a baby it doesn't need to be there and it goes yeah just very like this is what happens rather than some kind of oh, weird story brilliant. and it just makes such a difference because i think you know i think a lot of parents fall into this trap of trying to help their child or protect their child maybe they think information about their bodies and sex and their genitals and things like that would be inappropriate or too much for them to understand mm. but i actually just think all it does is create shame around it yes. and taboo because then it becomes this thing that you know you have you have a little euphemistic cute name for so you can't you feel like you then can't actually talk about it it sounds really like it's almost like you need to whisper it so oh yeah i've got um <laughs> or yeah. um, I'm trying to think of a term I heard somebody Aunt Flo is visiting this month oh god what I hate that what <laughs> I'm on my period end of story yes we know there's a lot of people around the planet that have periods yeah that's what it is that's what it's called and there is a reason that it happens and the body is doing exactly what it needs to do and what it's supposed to do exactly you know end of story let's not Shame because a lot of people do feel shame around around that. As you know, women feel can often feel ashamed of their bodies for the way their bodies work. I mean, that goes right back to uh, through history. But what mm. I'm really intrigued by is just how clear mm. your mother was about this is your body, this is how it works. End of story. And it really um, seemed to have made a huge difference for you in how you feel yeah. about your body. Definitely. How has that shown up in your life generally on a day-to-day -day basis mm. um in the way you carry yourself or the way you behave how does how has that shown up for you yeah that's interesting I think um I think you know I'm not without confidence issues yes, you know yes. we, all, we all have our problems but I think <laughs> that was not something that I was ever insecure about mm. um I never felt like I don't know, like I couldn't talk about my periods to my friends mm. or my family even. My mum and I now still kind of text each other and we're like, oh, she's having this terrible period. I'm <laughs> in bed all day. Like that's what we talk about all the time. It's like all we talk about. Um, so yeah, things like that. Having those conversations yes. is huge. And I think I also, I wasn't scared of my body and what it was. Mm. Um, I wasn't scared when I started growing boobs or pubic hair mm. or you know i knew i knew what my body looked like yes um i think that's a thing that people sometimes yes because of the because of the lack of education i think women or people with vulvas just don't know what a vulva looks like which is right? astounding to me but, I it, know. but it's so it is so common and that's not to shame those yeah. people because it's no. not their fault at all it's it's the lack of education mm. but yeah i i was always just like having a look you know yeah get the mirror out what's going on just because you need to know like how can you how? feel confident or like at one with yourself if you a don't know what's down there b don't know how it works <laughs> and c feel like you can't talk about it because it's a shameful yeah, scary true. thing yeah i mean what was fascinating was this book because i think this book here is something that you mentioned <laughs> we have got to mention a book Love somewhere <laughs> uh come as you are i will i'm gonna let you say her surname emily is it nagoski i suppose nagoski yeah because 
I, I don't do know. tend yeah. to butcher names. <laughs> um, yeah, Emily Nagoski. So come as you are, the surprising new science that will transform your sex life. Now, what I really liked about this book, there is a sec- I should have marked it, and that is just typical. I'll find it in a moment. <laughs> but there's the part where it sh- Here we go. Now, here, for those of you on, on YouTube, you can see this image, these images here. And what... What Emily is showing you is basically between the, I'll just say the two genders. We know that there's a broad spectrum, Mm. but basically between the male and female parts, they're pretty much the same, (laughs) just organized differently. So there are no, um, there's not a lot of, there's just virtually not a lot of difference between them. When you read this, people say, oh, of course there, of course there is. But when you read this book and you understand, begin to understand the science of the body, how it's organized and actually just, I think it's one chromosome difference and I could have had a penis. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, you think, oh my goodness, that's, it really is fascinating. And the thing that's quite scary though, is when you look at history, uh, science uh, of, of way back and how they talked about the body, particularly female genitalia and just the shame that they would put around it and you didn't look it was something that was to be hidden and covered have you ever seen uh do you know what made me think of suddenly just then was um handmaid's tale there's a love i love it (laughs) there's a scene in there where the the young man who was a i think he was the chauffeur and he's forced to marry the girl and they go, they have sex, but it's not really sex. It's like this blanket with a hole in the middle so that both of them, like she particularly remains covered. And they have intercourse through this blanket with this hole in the middle of it. <laughs> so it's <dreadful>. like, <laughs> why bother? Yeah. <laughs> why bo- Do you know what? Really? Why bother? And it's, it is just another way of highlighting that women's bodies should be covered. And yet, if it's for the male gaze, you know what, let's have it strewn all over the place, mm. you know? But I yeah. I think the way you have approached or your attitude to sex and your body has made has made a difference among your friends in particular because they know for sure if there's anyone that they can sit and have an open, honest conversation with, it's you. Mm, yeah, that that is kind of the feedback I get from a lot of my friends yeah. is I have close friends who are like, I've never talked about sex with my friends before. This is like, I never talk about sex or masturbation or my periods in the in the way that you talk to me about them, which is really, firstly, very nice to hear. But also I just think if you can't talk about sex with your friends, who are you going to talk about it with? Yeah. Like that's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I was never having that conversation with my mother. <sighs> never going to happen. It's a shame. Yeah, that never. Yeah. And it's funny when you think about when where you learned about sex from or your body. I don't, you know, I honestly couldn't tell you. Right. I think most of it, playground talk. Yeah. Mate, yeah, it's usually from your mates and they don't know anything. <laughs> they unless they're Avalon. <laughs> You're the only person. Me I kind of wish I knew you when I was younger. It would have been great. I love the image of like a 10 year old me on the playground being like, so <laughs> the clitoris, <laughs> just like explaining. <laughs> Ex- 
excellent. Oh, dear. Oh, that would have been something else. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. You'd have freaked the other parents out. I do not want that girl near my child. Demon child. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. my goodness. No, it's it's just, I just think it's interesting. And I, I think it it's a it's a big part of people's lives so i yes, just feel like it makes absolutely. sense to talk about it yeah i mean i've bought my friends vibrators for their birthday oh, really? yeah i bet they look forward to presents from you it's a brilliant present why is that not good Hello. Like, like... i bet they're like yeah all the other presents yeah is there, <laughs> he... is there one from avalon does that one is that from avalon over there can i have that one first it just it makes so much sense to me yes just, yeah I mean, that is great because the thing I wanted to ask you, I mean, you are so super passionate about sex. Mm. You really are. What is it that you would like your friends to know and experience Mm. when they, because you hear them talk about sex, you hear or not until they, until they're in your company and you're like, like, yeah, just spill. Come on, (laughs) just get it out. Come on. What would you like them to know and experience or feel when it comes to sex? I just think I think there's so much shit in the world. Can't we just enjoy <laughs> sex and oh, sexual pleasure? No, yeah, I think I just think that it's <laughs> an area of people's lives that should be fun and easy yeah. and you know, I I think I just want the people around me or well, everyone, I want everyone yeah. to feel just comfortable talking about themselves. Yeah. Talking about their bodies, yeah. talking about sex with other people, communicating mm. to their partners, the people that they're having sex with. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people, you know, are having sex but don't feel comfortable talking about sex mm. with the person they're having sex with. Do you think is... that? Do you think that comes right back to what you were saying at the beginning, where like your mother, she just told you like it was. There were no cutesy words. She just explained, and like when you saw the blood the first time, and you asked her, "Is she okay?" Yeah, it's just this, blah blah blah. And she's mm. yeah, whatever. And you became comfortable with it. So instantly at that point, you're comfortable. And as you went on, that's how you were able to ex- express yourself. Mm. Do you think that that's where it starts for many people? in terms of that shame and not being able to express and talk or say anything and feel ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's right at that nascent beginning with how your parents will talk to you about it? Do you think that's where their lack of willingness to talk about it comes from and that shame? Definitely. I think that's a huge part of it because I think when you're a child, you are just absorbing everything, Mm. any piece of information, whether it's like film you know, media, like anything at all, songs even, like songs. songs. Every song is about sex. So kids hear that and they like get these ideas, like all these things. Mm. But I think, yeah, the parents is a huge thing. I mean, I think another thing that's really common is for, you know, people talk about the sex, trying to figure out what age and then when they're going to do it and then sit them down and they're going to say, okay, this is what sex is. This is what's happening. And the trouble with that is then you make it this big deal that... I think if the parent is nervous about it and they're, you know, they're feeling nervous and weird talking to their child about it, the child is going to feel that energy and they're going to think, oh God, this is something that my parent has said, we need to sit down and have this big dramatic talk as if it's a kind of intervention. And I don't think that's, I don't know if that's the best method. It's better than not talking about sex, but I think that what my mum did so well is that she yeah she normalized it she made it very casual she made it every day Mm. um and it was just little bits of information she never sat me down and said 
this is what sex is, this is how you do oh, it. Oh, the big talk. This is, yeah. We never had that because, I don't know, I guess she didn't feel the need to because she'd already kind of given me that information. It's quite, and I think it's quite nice to kind of, yeah, just sort of drip feed that information throughout. I don't know. Maybe that's not, maybe it doesn't work for everyone, but I think it, I think making a huge, dramatic, um, scary sounding sex talk yes. doesn't always yeah. work too I mean, well. When I was growing up, I remember this book called Peter and Jane. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> That's all I need to say. No more than that. And I just remember these pictures, you know, just showing like these drawings. This is what Peter's body looks like. This is what Jane's body looked like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bodies that didn't look like either of those. Of course. You know, and it's it really is. Uh, I mean, that's, oh, gosh, I'm trying to think when that. When was that? That would have been late 70s. Mm. Late 70s. And that is the only information that I ever got was was that. And the school, when you think about sex education at school, it's this is how babies are made. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about. Nothing else. No, not romance, not sexual pleasure. Consent. Um, consent, yes, very important. Nothing. Nothing. Even, but it's interesting that you say that because I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of um, almost like generational privilege that I have in that, you know, if I'd grown up in the 70s, I probably have a very different <laughs> outlook on that. But my sex education, nothing. I I don't remember anything from school beyond, you know, yeah, this is how babies are made, the science side of it. Yeah. I think in primary school, they did do that thing where they... Well, firstly, they separate the boys and the girls, yeah. which is in itself <laughs> no good. I don't think that makes any sense. No. And what they do is they say something to the boys probably about erections or something. Mm. And then to the girls, they try and explain periods. And so the boys then never learn about periods. No. Which makes no sense. No. <laughs> and so that was my experience was just one little talk. It was on one day, briefly talked about this and then never talked about it again interesting thought that's just come to mind Mm. we are in a culture where our bodies are covered Mm. you got to cover everything everything has to be covered yeah there are many cultures around the world where do you know what they don't wear clothes Mm. they might have a bit of something on i don't know maybe a loincloth or something but they just it's not a the size of her ass or oh his willy's a bit small mm, or mm. oh god that's an ugly penis or mm. do you know what I mean there's none of nothing yeah they are just getting on with their lives and just living it there's no oh I better just make sure everything's all covered up and they have no inhibitions about their bodies yeah in westernized cultures or cultures where we wear clothes you know, it's almost like you can't cover up enough. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the handmaid's tail with a gown. Handmaid's tail. We're back to the handmaid's tail. <gasps> no, completely. Really, just a whole different attitude, and it's not. It's not positive. It no. really isn't. No. I love the way um, that when it comes to the body, the way things are beginning to change. Like I mentioned in the last podcast about in this area where we live, you do see guys wearing skirts Mm. etc i flipping love it when i went to pick you up earlier i was uh driving up pengalize hill and 
there I looked across the road and I saw this couple holding hands and they were both the the guy was wearing like uh, fishnet tights and he had his tartan skirt on do you know I nearly crashed the car because I was so busy like I oh God, I wish I could stop and speak to this individual because I love it. I, yeah, I just love it. I really do. Because um, the last episode I did was about um, your queer superpower mm-hmm. and nonconformity is definitely a queer superpower because you are able to just express who you are. And you know what? Screw what other people think mm. because there's, you know, back to the, the sex, it's that you are being hemmed in and confined. You cannot express your sexuality, who you are, because it, you know, sex and laughter and pleasure and pain. I mean, we've, there's all these emotions and feelings and textures about being human. Yeah. I mean, it's so complex and so intertwined. It's almost as though you cannot express that side of yourself and they want you to, you know, you've got to shut it in a box. You know, the church has a, less than I grew up with a very less than positive attitude towards the body and sex and masturbation Mm. and sex toys and any kind of sex whatsoever we don't talk about that yeah people are having sex all the time what is wrong with you stop it (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't make any sense I mean even coming back to what you were saying about it being such a western thing for us to be clothed and Mm. things like that and yeah imagine you know, I think a lot of people sort of look at their bodies and they go, oh God, I'm the only person that looks like this. I've got a weird body and yeah. my genitals are weird and my boobs are weird and blah, blah, blah. And like yeah. all of that idea. And it's because we're not seeing Other bodies. the diverse range no, of that's bodies. Right. You know, it is like, what I can't recommend enough. Uh, have you ever heard of the Vulva Gallery? No, I haven't. It's a website. Okay. Um, You just go on I'm there. Sure. I'm pretty sure I it's called the Vulva Gallery. Double check. But if you've look it up it will come up um and all it is is a website gallery with just a million photos of different vulvas and they all look completely different and it's amazing because you can go on there and you can go oh actually that kind of looks like mine (laughs) oh maybe i'm not so weird and then you keep scrolling it that kind of looks like mine too and you go well i've never seen one like that that's really interesting and it's just like very non-judgmental it's fantastic. It's a brilliant oh, idea. Um, I can't remember the name of the woman that runs it, but she's I will check fantastic. it out. I will look it, it up and really, check it out really and put good. that in the show notes. But it's the, like, we need more things like that where yeah. you actually see people's bodies so you don't feel yes. so freaked out when you see your own. <laughs> what was interesting was in Emily's book, Come As You Are, there's a section that I was reading where um, she talks about like porn, for example, mm. where uh, women's... Uh, the the labia the, is all tucked in and everything's all neat and perfect and a lot of lot of women's bodies don't look like that. It's <laughs> not how it is. Everybody's is completely different. It's like the penis. Some you always see the penis that is completely straight and is I don't I was going to say perfect. I know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, but some go to the left, some go to the right. Some are smaller, some are bigger. Some go uh, point down, some point up. It's everybody's body's different. And like you say, if we saw more bodies, there wouldn't be that, oh, yeah, but mine's abnormal. Yeah. Who's telling you it's abnormal? Yeah. You're, you're, looking at, uh, you're looking at 
porn. You're looking at Pornhub. You're looking at uh, magazines or you're looking at something where everything's been airbrushed out. Your body is your body and that's where your power lies. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it is such a shame when we have that negative attitude to our bodies, but that is how things are portrayed. Oh, don't touch because it's dirty. Mm, yeah. Really? Yeah. It, and it's a very isolating feeling, I think, to feel like you have there's something wrong with you isn't it yeah absolutely. It, it makes you feel very alone and with that yes. loneliness comes the shame and then yeah. you just and then that's how people yeah. end up feeling scared to show people their bodies yeah. or even to be comfortable with their bodies themselves mm. you know you are in a relationship at the moment and it made me laugh because i do think i mean we are going to have a discussion about being queer but in a straight relationship. And we're definitely going to have that conversation because our relationships are are very similar. Um, And we have very, in fact, we do have a very similar lifestyle in a way. And also in attitudes towards our open relationships and self-exploration, et cetera, which is great. But what I wanted to ask you was, how did your other half contend with your openness and I say content because I think he must have gone into shock he was a combination I think it must have been a combination of excitement and terror <laughs> that is exactly how I would describe it yeah really? no excitement and terror that's perfect yeah no I mean I'm very lucky my partner he is uh very open-minded um that's very great. very much a feminist very much like there was a lot of work already done that I didn't need to do in that, you know, he cares about women's pleasure. He cares about women as people, you know, all these things. Yeah. He's he's very, very liberal, very open-minded. So I, but I do think that it was still a bit of a shock. Um, bless his heart. We were I friends it would have been. for a while before anything um, romantic happened. Yeah. And yeah, I, I did just kind of go in guns a blazing. I think it was also kind of, I realise now that I think I was testing him a little Funny. bit. I think it was for me to see what, because I thought, oh, he's, you know, I won't go into too much detail with like no, him, that's okay. just out of respect for him. But, you yeah. know, I just thought, you know, he's he's a sweet boy. And I sort of thought like, what what happens if I just, if I just start talking about sex or I talk about my period a lot? Um, and so, yeah, he always talks about this one time we had like a party that was like, pre-lockdown had little um sort of drinks thing and i think mm. I, I got quite drunk and chatted with him all night just drank a lot of wine yeah don't don't really remember much of it but yeah but i started just talking about like sexual fantasies i had to so this boy i'd barely met <laughs> <laughs> and, and we talked about it it's so funny bless his heart so i think i was just kind of like i need to, i need this person to know mm. all parts of me just right out the gate i just want to be like this is a huge part of my life. Like this yeah. is a huge part of my personality. Mm. And so I just sort of lay it all on the table and I was yeah. just saying stuff at him. And at that point, again, I, we were just friends, but I yes. just thought like, I don't want to have a weird thing where I can't talk mm. to him because he's a guy friend. Yes. Yeah. I mean, little did I know that I was in love with 